It was November when you found out the big news. There was some excitement, but everything was a ways away. Now it is February and it is starting to show, starting to get real. Dr. Longdale says that your roadmap still has six more months, but you realize you're not sure what to do next. You're not quite sure what to do between now and that big day, possibly August, possibly September. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's even your 10th. But you still might want to know what to expect when you're expecting. You have entered the Solo Queue, a monthly podcast about adventuring alone in the world of Warcraft. Thanks for joining me. My name is Dave Gagne. Welcome back for episode five of Solo Queue, and welcome to you if this is your first time listening. Maybe you haven't gotten here yet, so welcome aboard. This is Solo Queue, a monthly podcast about playing WoW alone. You know, not really getting into groups and and doing stuff, and and how to play this massively multiplayer game all by yourself. My name is Dave Gagne. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming back. And today on the show, we're going to talk about some recent WoW news, get an update on the 2024 roadmap, wander around the uh, the island of Pandaria a little bit before we talk about our our main topic today, and that is what to expect when you are expecting a new WoW expansion. What do you do in the lull when the servers are getting a little boring and crowds are thinning out? What do you like to get up to in the game? We'll talk about all of that and more. But first, where are we? Well, we are standing on the westernmost island of Pandaria in the Town Long Steps. And Nizao Temple is just behind us one island away and we're here peering to the west to see if we can see anything on the horizon that looks like a new landmass for the war within which is where we're going to be headed in a few short months but not yet we've got some time we've got five or six months at least according to the roadmap we are looking at a launch of late August, early September, end of summer, maybe early fall. I called my shot a few weeks ago, August 27th. That's my guess, August 27th. It's a Tuesday, the last Tuesday in August, and in my own life, about as busy as my world is going to get at the start of a new school year. So naturally, I think that's when The War Within is going to launch. But before we get to the news, I wanted to I wanted to see what you thought of episode four, the very first bonus interview episode, How Do You Solo? And I was lucky enough to interview Gershom, one of the hosts of the Thralls Balls podcast. Big news over there. They just added a fourth host. So check them out over at Thralls Balls Pod on the socials and, and such. I really had fun, and I hope I hope you enjoyed this different kind of episode. It was a conversation, so it was very different. Uh, it was so much fun to sit down and just chat and talk about the game and learn about somebody else's play styles and somebody else's experiences. Gershom brings a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge. I love that she said, I did not play on the first day of vanilla, but I did play on the second day. (laughs) Usually you can spot vanilla players a mile away because that's kind of what they lead many sentences with. So, but not Gershom. And it really was 
a lot of fun to just talk about the game, not connected to MMRs or eye levels or what's your highest key, how crappy your vault rewards were this week, uh, and just share some stories. And, and frankly, it makes me want to do some more interviews and, and learn about more people's stories. So my original goal was to do one per quarter. So every three months or so, try and get another interview into the schedule. And I'm, I'm hoping to stick to that as much as I would love to do that, like every month. I think that'd be fantastic. But time is a cruel mistress, and that's probably not possible yet, but we will see. Hey, if you have a suggestion or even you want to volunteer, uh, feel free. Reach out to me with your stories. And if you, if you want to be, uh, if you'd like to be featured in an interview episode feel free. I've got some ideas for some people. I'm going to be reaching out to some people. Um, None of them that know me. Uh, I'm just going to kind of try and barge my way in. I would love to chat with the guys from the starting zone. I think it'd be great to talk to Jason and Spencer about the show they do and their experiences, especially as, as two players who do have a lot of experience playing in groups. But that said, everybody, everybody's alone at some point. So I'm, I want to hear more of those stories. But let's get to this month's news. You bring news? What news from the mainland? Have you any news? I have to admit, I really want the sound bumper for the news to include Professor Putricide saying, Good news, everyone! But I can't do it. I can't bring myself to because, you know, I get that from listening to the Angry Chicken with Garrett and Jocelyn and Willie Dills way back in the day. And that was their news bumper. And it might be the best news bumper in in the game, right? In Warcraft. And I can't bring myself to do it, even as kind of an homage to the Angry Chicken one of the first gaming podcasts I listened to. But alas, I will stick with what I've got, and that is a good transition into our first news item, and that is that the Hearthstone 10th anniversary celebration is coming up. If you are a Hearthstone player, I'm sure you know a lot of what's coming up. There's some celebrations going on in-game. But if you are a Warcraft player... There is a connection, just like there was back in the day, that you could get the Hearthsteed mount. Well, 10 years later, there is an updated new fiery Hearthsteed mount. If you are a Warcraft player and you log into Hearthstone between March 11th and May 14th, you will get this fiery Hearthsteed mount. It looks pretty fantastic where the original Hearthsteed mount was blue and kind of shimmery and flamey. This is a red, fiery Hearthsteed. Looks pretty cool. So you've got two months. Hop in the game. Go check that out. Play a few games of Hearthstone. Why not? And then when you come back into WoW, you will have the celebratory mount for Hearthstone's 10-year anniversary. That is insane to me. Next, as if I did not have enough things to occupy my time, Blizzard decided it would drop Warcraft Orcs vs. Humans and Warcraft 2 Beyond the Dark Portal onto the Battle.net launcher, available for sale for $5.99 and $9.99 respectively. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Warcraft 2, of course, includes the original Tides of Darkness and the Beyond the Dark Portal expansion. Uh, Apparently, original Diablo is also available. And I would be really excited for this. But, man, I do not have time. (laughs) I really want to play through. I've played through Warcraft 1 a bit on some janky whatever, and I've never played Warcraft 2. I have played through the first half of Warcraft 3, so I'm really excited to have access to those. I just have no time. I really want to. I want to play those, and so I'm excited that they're there. And frankly, for 6 bucks and 10 bucks, I might as well just 
hand my money over because I will be getting those at some point. I, I really want to go through more for the story and, and just gain that experience. I was not playing RTS games in the late 90s, mid 90s when these started. So this really is diving back into the origins of Warcraft. So it's on my horizon. I just hope it's not on my short horizon. I'll see what I can do. Season of Discovery Phase 2, of course, launched earlier this month on February 8th, perhaps with less gusto than, than the first phase. There are 56 new runes available. Uh, there is PvP action going on in Stranglethorn Vale, and the 10-person raid is through Nomragon. The level cap rose to level 40, so you get 15 levels of leveling to do if you were already up to the max previously. And now runes can be engraved on your foot and your waist gear slots as well. So you've got two more slots where you can be putting in these new runes. So that's exciting. You're not giving up the first round of runes. If you were hoping for a race to world first and you blinked, you likely missed it. The guild None of the Above was the first to clear the six-boss raid only 12 hours after Phase 2 launched. 12 hours. <laughs> that is insane. The one aspect of Phase 2 that I'm excited about is the 50% experience boost for characters between levels 1 and 25. I have not finished leveling. I think I... Topped a, a couple characters out at around 11. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back there at some point. So if you've dipped into Season of Discovery but just haven't been going ham on it, uh, well, leveling at least to 25 just got easier. So getting through that Phase 1 cap, 50% experience boost. And if that's your one big hang-up with Classic is how slow and difficult the leveling is, well, they just made it a little bit easier for you. So... So get on in there. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot of fun. If you're not tired of the classic experience, I think Season of Discovery is a lot of fun. For more info and the features, of course, you can head over to Wowhead. They have all sorts of, of good stuff. Um, one bit of advice, and I, ha I haven't yet been in since Phase 2 launched, but I do have one bit of advice. I know there's a lot of, I don't know if I call it criticism, but or complaining, but a lot of people talking about how, yeah, this is a season of discovery, except everything's been data mined and everything's been published. And some of these things are just so hard to find anyway, that it's basically like tracking down a bunch of the secrets that are put into the game, unless you're just going to go to Wowhead. And the advice is this, if you want to preserve some of that discovery, some of that feel of I'm still discovering things, but you don't want to just wander blindly around Kalimdor and the Eastern Kingdoms, head over to Preach Gaming. And this is also reposted on Wowhead, but Preach Gaming came up with a whole bunch of riddles for each of the 56 runes. And they're kind of a lot of fun. So if you want a bit of a challenge, but again, you don't just want to luck yourself, <laughs> luck yourself into the runes, Head over to their website. They came up with these riddles to kind of give you some hints. It's a fun little way to find the runes that your class has in phase two. So yeah, kind of a Goldilocks solution. Of course, somebody creative came up with it outside the game. That's too bad, but I guess it's a good thing that there is such an active community, you know, in the in the content creation and add-on community around WoW. So yeah, check them out. Link is in the show notes, or you can just head over to preach, P-R-E-A-C-H gaming.com and just look up their season of discovery phase two rune riddles. And love is in the air. The holiday wrapped up, but not before seemingly everyone on Twitter exploded in rage because A... The Love Rocket mount is still super hard to get. And B, almost everything in the trading post is pink this month. I have to say, when I went over to the trading post to see it all for myself, well, it made for some easy decisions. 
I have no need for lovely pink gear for any of my characters, so I I spent my 100 tenders on the X-53 touring rocket. Not that I have a friend to ride in it, but that's okay. The rocket was formerly a recruiter friend gift, and as a solo player not recruiting anyone, I appreciate eventually having access to it. I was never going to get to it otherwise, so thanks Blizzard for that. And I also spent 10 more trading tenders on the mannequin charm so I could turn into a trading post mannequin and stand there and not move for a while. Hey, there are a lot of ways to play this game, right? (laughs) Bottom line is this month I get to stockpile the rest of my tenders for stuff that is coming in the future. Or I guess I could scream out loud on the internet about it like so many people did. Don't do that. Come on. All right, let's take a look at the 2024 roadmap. Get a little update there. Each day that passes, the future flows into the present, which blurs into the past. Patch 10.2.6 is still sailing in a shroud of fog, lurking out there with no real details other than the promise to be playable in both retail and classic. How is that for mysterious. There is a vendor build on encrypted servers, but according to Dr. Holly Longdale, in a post that she made uh, early in February on the 6th, this is going to be an untested mystery. They are not going to put out a PTR. You cannot data mine the crap out of it and spoil it all. It promises to be something different. They are saying this is kind of a a different thing they're putting out and that has everybody wondering and nobody has answers so it's not even really worth uh, pretending I know or have any ideas kind of like that Christmas present you just can't seem to sneak open and peek at so we'll just have to wait next up on the roadmap after that is the launch of the War Within Alpha are we still on track for that no word but The roadmap has in early spring, just after the launch of 10.2.6. And just a reminder, in case you are calendarily challenged, the season of spring begins this year on March 19th. So eventually 10.2.6 followed closely by the War Within Alpha, followed by later in the spring, season four of Dragonflight. On the classic side, we should be getting a Cataclysm beta very soon, if you're excited about that. A little closer, though, is the classic hardcore self-found mode. That is coming live next week on February 29th, so next Friday. This is the mode, this is classic with essentially no interactions with others which, hey, Solo Q should be sponsoring. We're open to that, Blizz, if you've got any, any, you know, offers for marketing, partnerships, swag, whatever you want to send my way. But hardcore self-found mode will have no mail with other players, no auction house buying or selling, no trading of any sort, and just like... The previous hardcore mode, only one death. I am looking forward to trying this, although again, time is going to be super limited. Uh, but I am I am really interested. And one thing I am not sure of, I, I didn't find confirmation of this. Can you mail goods from one of your characters to another? And I, I sort of thought that that was not allowed. I'm not sure if it is. I couldn't find anywhere that that it said it was prohibited, but I don't believe it's in the spirit of it. But that comes next week, clearly arriving before the Cataclysm beta. So if you looked at the original roadmap, those two things have been switched around. So they are, you know, they are making adjustments as things need to be adjusted. But all of these things, while really nice to have do beg our main topic for this episode, and that is if you're not into Season of Discovery, if you're not going to be hooked by 
hardcore mode, if you're not diving into Cataclysm Beta, if you're, you know, even if you're not super excited about the coming Season 4, what are you doing in the game? What do you do when the current content in retail starts to ebb and there are not necessarily other, other things grabbing your attention? Or what can you expect when you are expecting another WoW expansion, but not for another six months? Well, today, the main topic is here's a list of stuff in the game activities, uh, quests, uh, achievement-y things that you might, you might not have done or you might not know about if you entered the game recently or if you haven't really focused on certain areas of the game. I've got some suggestions for you that I think are worth checking out as we hit that content lull before the war within. Okay, hang on. I had to put that sound effect in because it is a week and a half later since I started this episode. I have been hit with a lot of real life stuff. Uh, I've mostly been sick for about a week and a half, uh, entirely in my throat. Perfect. I'm just trying to make a podcast, so that's helpful. And... As a teacher, teaching ninth grade kids all day, I don't exactly rest my voice and then come home and am able to make a podcast. So it is a week and a half later, and I I think I have enough voice to kind of pound through a shortened version of this. On top of real-life stuff, uh, on top of being sick and people in my family getting sick, Uh, People in my family having big surgeries, stuff going on, work to do. On top of all of that, tomorrow my wife is swinging by my school, picking me up as I walk out of my last class. And we are headed to the airport to fly to France for three weeks. So we've been cramming and jamming and trying to tidy up all the loose ends and get the house taken care of and the dog taken care of and people that we take care of get them taken care of and thing upon thing upon thing and finish all my grading and do all the stuff. So (laughs) I say this to you knowing that A, it's getting late, and B, it is getting close to the time where I'm just going to drop off the face of the earth for a couple weeks for the first time in a really long time. We're really excited about this. I'm going to trim down what what I had originally planned for this episode, and I hate to do that. And maybe I feel a little bit better having given you a bonus episode earlier in the in the uh, month but I, I am gonna focus down on my list a little bit mostly because I know I'm gonna run out of voice frankly the longer I talk the more I push off packing which I don't love doing but anyway so with all of that aside all of that disclaimer and apology and mea culpa and not that you knew i just took a week and a half away because it really was a couple seconds and a sound effect for you but obviously this episode did not get out early so without further ado let's get into a list of things i think you can be doing in retail wow right now that might keep your interest while we await the war within First on my list might sound super obvious, and and it will to a lot of people, but A, it's a nice reminder. B, really think about it because you might toss it out offhand, out of hand, but when was the last time you did it and really did it? And maybe you know what I'm going to say, but I think you should be leveling alts. I think... There's a lot of fun in this game, and I think there's a lot of fun that we forget is out there. There are zones out there that every now and then I'll I'll be listening to zone music in my 
normal life when I can't get to the game, but I need to focus. There's so many good zones for, for music. And every now and then a zone will come up and I'll think, wow, I really haven't been there. And I really don't remember those storylines or, oh, I had so much fun doing those quests at least once. And, you know, before I know it, grabbing somebody and flying somewhere. And if I've got some time, go and doing some, some zone questing. Having a stable of alts sometimes just means having a bunch of characters already ready-made and you can just take one out, head out to a zone, and, and start having fun. There's kind of two ways to approach this idea of leveling alts. And the first way I want you to think about it is, is really the, the way I intend, and that is don't pound on your heirlooms or max out your rested XP or just go grab a YouTube video that is, you know, leveling 1 to 70 in 38 minutes. Go and do the experience. Go and have fun. Go find the original quest hub for the zone and find that intro quest and, and just dive in. Go slowly. Maybe don't dragon ride everywhere or do it on a low-level alt where things are meaningful and just kind of experience those things again, even if it's for an hour. Uh, if it's if it's an alt that you don't care about, if it's a character that, you know, is, I don't want to say throw away because they're all very important characters. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But if it's not your main and if things aren't riding on it, you know, hey, take them out. Go have fun. See the zone remind yourself some things, have a little bit of nostalgia. If you get bored, you can stop. And there's a couple benefits to this. Leveling gets you eventually more characters closer to max level. If you're someone who does like to have multiple, multiple characters at max level, maybe for different skills or different roles in endgame or different professions or different armor classes for collecting Mog. You know, anytime you can bump somebody up another 10 levels, 20 levels, what have you, uh, you're that much closer to having more people. Some people like to have, you know, a pile of alts all hanging out outside of different raid zones and, and dungeon zones, ready to hop in when the time comes. So leveling, if you enjoy that ride, why not do that every now and then? The next thing that comes to mind with leveling is heritage armors. Every class in the game, I'm going to pull up my notes for this. Every class in the game, with a couple of exceptions, have heritage armor quest lines now, or at least heritage armors if you, if you hit a certain, certain level. I currently am sitting at 19 of 20 for the available heritage armors. I only have the undead to go, and I know the undead quest chain is out there. People have done it. I, I think I've heard it's good. I have to get an undead character up to 50. I believe that is still a minimum requirement. I believe I do have, I believe I do have her up to 50. I have an undead mage kicking around and I believe she is 50. I just have not had the time to get over there and do that. But that is something I have thoroughly enjoyed. 19 heritage armors. A lot of the early allied races, you kind of just hit the 50, you hit the reputation, whatever it was, and you and you got the the heritage armor. And and a lot of these sets, these heritage armor sets are, you know, pretty indicative of the class. Uh, as I like to say, hey, it's it's style, so you do you, you may like it, other people may not. I think overall, I would say the reaction to the the sets as a whole has been above average. Uh, certainly, some people think there are some stinkers, uh, and you know, and some of them are better than others, no doubt. Some of the quest chains are better than others, however. Uh, numerous races have a quest chain as opposed to just hit a mark and you get a free set of gear. I can remember the Magar Orc being a, a really fun quest chain to do. Um, and there's a, numerous others. They're not jumping off the top of my brain right now, mostly because my brain has been sick for about a week and a half and is really tired. But if you 
love a class, go find out. Hit Wowhead and just find out what their quest chain is. You don't have to spoil it for yourself, but find out is it just a reputation level or is there something that you can go in the game and do a quest giver you need to find to, to get that started. Those heritage armors are a lot of fun. Somewhat related, and maybe it's just because Legion, I think, was the start of those heritage armors, but the Legion class order halls, I... I for years now, I've kind of thought of those two things as hand in hand. They've been two of my main pillar goals in the game of getting all the heritage armors and finishing all the class order halls. Legion was a fantastic, I think by all accounts, a fantastic expansion. A lot of people enjoyed the heck out of it. It's the first expansion that I really I, I played from launch. I started playing WoW in Draenor, but I, I never even got to Draenor. I just played in the world while Draenor was the active content. The first patch that I had, max level characters, per first patch, pre-patch event, all of that stuff I started with Legion, so I'm definitely partial to it. But that said, the class order halls were 12 different essentially ongoing missions as you were going through Legion. And if you were leveling your main or mains or even, you know, big alts in different classes, you had a story to keep up with. You had a progression to do. And each class, similar to the Heritage Armors, had its own class set. And the way you got the class set is it was doled out kind of piece by piece as you progressed through the order hall campaign each of the classes had a hangout in legion it was a place only the uh, members of that class could show up there were heroes of the class important people of the class so there's a lot of lore baked into that the quality of the storylines i think varies a little bit i think there are some really good ones i have have done them all i finally finished up the shaman class order hall that was the last one i got to that was uh in the past year or so it was not long but i have finished all 12 i i enjoyed them i enjoy going through the story and being fed little bits and pieces especially things that i didn't necessarily know having not played much before legion so if you're someone who is interested in the lore of your class or of any class I think hopping into Legion, starting a new character in Legion and leveling through Chromie time is a bit of a no-brainer. It is a little bit of an investment. You get in there, it's not just, I'm going to spend two hours grinding a thing and then I'm done. There is a there is a similar story for each class, all 12 of the classes at the time. This is before Evokers, of course. And there are certain checkpoints that every story is going to hit, certain reputation points and other kind of checkpointy things. And it can get a little bit grindy. If you really are in it for the whole ride, and the whole ride means you're going to get the whole set at the end. And it also means you're going to get the class mount, the Legion class mount. So all 12 of them have a class-specific mount. Again like everything some of them are really cool and some of them are not thought of as well and i do have all 12 of them now i like most of them some of them are fine do i have a favorite i'm not sure if i have a favorite oh and you know what i really and maybe it's the last one i got but the shaman mount really is cool. I mean, maybe it's because I don't have anything like it, but it's essentially some sort of elemental and you're riding on top of it. And I know there are a couple other of those in the in the game, but I don't have them. So that might be my favorite for whatever that's worth. You, again, you may not care. You may have something very different and that's certainly okay. You know, I think one problem with hopping into these legion class halls is just the problem of meaningful leveling because now where everything is tuned down and blizzard really wants you to move through old content quickly because they really want to get you to 
the new shinies and, and the latest expansions. So leveling has become quicker, which I think is slightly a double-edged sword. Only slightly. I get it. Like, people want to level fast. Hell, I want to level fast. I don't want to just wallow in the 30s forever like we had at some point in the last couple of years. I remember 30 was somehow just a slow decade of levels. It was terrible. And that was even after they had started changing the leveling experience. What it then means is if I want to meaningfully level through all of the zones and get all of the story and do all the things, I just need that many more characters because your characters are going to, unless you pause experience, which I don't know, I've never been one to do that. You can, for those who don't know, you can go and pause your experience level in your capital city. There's a, not a vendor, but there's an NPC you can find that you can turn off experience gains. And I know that's a big thing in PvP, for whatever reason, or it used to be, or I don't know. I try not to PvP, and I know that you're not here for the latest PvP tips, so I'm not worried about not knowing the answer to that. But yes, you can you can do that, but why not just get the credit for what you're doing, start another character of a different race, of a different thing, of a different class, whatever, and, and go have some more fun with a different character. So Legion class halls are a fun experience I think I would point out that there are a few speed bumps in there there is still some reputation gating that you have to get through and I think the biggest kicker on that is the nightfallen rep when you go to Suramar the nightborn city you have to get exalted with the nightfallen rep to get all the way through the story and that really can be a grind especially nowadays because you know you go do the world quests that are on offer and that's about it you don't really have the ability to just sit there and pound away for hour after hour I am not sad that I am done getting reputation to exalted 12 different times I think I've even done it a couple more times for other characters but Here's the thing. There might be help in your future. I don't know. I assume that when the War Within comes, we're going to have our warbands, which are going to share account-wide things like reputations. I'm hoping, for everyone else's sake, not for mine, it's not going to help me. It's too late. Save yourself. I am hoping that if you get too exalted with the Nightfallen rep, once you can share that across all of your other alts in all of your other classes and boy oh boy would that have been nice i think i've memorized every suramar world quest by heart so it goes i had fun doing it i think the last thing i'll say and this is related to leveling i was going to save it for later but it makes sense if, and I don't recommend this if you are new to WoW, and I know I have a couple people out there who are relatively new, stop listening. Just kidding, don't stop listening. But don't, don't do this, don't try this at home. I think you should, if you've been around the game a long time and you like the story bits and you've got some spare time, go into your achievements, go find Loremaster and see where you are on that. Loremaster is the achievement of having completed all of the main quest lines in basically all of the main zones in all of the expansions. It is a lot. This game is, as you know, and you will keep hearing over the course of this year, is coming up on 20 years old. This is going to be the 10th expansion. Is that right? Yes, the 10th expansion. When we hit 11.0, I always have to do that little math in my head. Okay, it's 10 expansions, but it's 11 because the first one's not an expansion. Got it. It's sort of like, wait, the 1900s are the 20th century. Okay, got it. Anyway, try Loremaster. Do you have everything? Take a look at your 
at your lore master achievements and see a lot of people have a lot of zones half done or quest lines that are done. They're five out of eight or three out of seven or kind of close. If that's something you're interested in, it's not, trust me, you do not do it for the reward. I finally completed lower master uh, again within the last year or so. It was before Dragonflight came out. That was one of my goals for the end of Shadowlands expansion was to get the last of the old world content done, get my lore master huge, massive reward, which is the ugliest tabard I think there is. I, 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 I'm not going to wear it. It's so hideous. I don't know why it's hideous. It's just, it's cool. It is literally cool. It's the quest giver uh, exclamation point, like a giant yellow exclamation point on a tabard. And yet, boy, it looks terrible. Excuse me. This laughing is not helping my cough, which I will hopefully have blocked out about 18 times since I've started this part of the show. Um, the tabard, the quality is fine. It just it looks so dorky and so bad that even I won't wear it, and I kind of enjoy dorky and bad. But, and that's it. That's all you, it's not even a mount. You really, really should get a mount for Loremaster, especially now. Okay, right now, according to my list, it, it, you need a minimum of 85 zones. 85 zones. I have the number 88 on my list because in Battle for Azeroth, you were obviously on either the Horde or the Alliance. Each of them had three starting zones. And for BFA, you just needed to do those three starting zones for the Loremaster. You did not have to do the opposite three zones. I added the three because, uh, you know, I wanted to do Horde and Alliance. Of course, going all the story. So you might do the same thing, but technically, yeah, you need just three of those zones, not all six. And if we're being super specific, of the 85 or 88, either way, eight of those are not actually zones. Eight of them are sojourner quest lines. So in Dragonflight and in Shadowlands, the last two expansions, they've done are called essentially what they've done is the main quests are for the zone and then there's a whole series of side quest chains that are not main story quests but for loremaster you have to also do those so each zone technically has two sets of quests that you have to accomplish so four main zones plus four sojourner quests for the last two expansions it's a fun list to make and frankly if you reach out to the show uh, I would happily send you my pre-made list of all the zones and all the little, it's like in a little checkmarky table thing that you could just grab. I can show you how. You can keep track. Some zones are many quest lines. I think I remember some of them as high as like 12 different quest lines. Some of those quest lines are long, like just knowing that there's 12 quest lines in a zone doesn't really tell you how long. Uh, some quest lines are short, some are long. It's kind of an adventure. It's a long-term goal. I think it's fun. I think it's a good thing to chip away at if that's something that you are into. And hey, it gets longer every, uh, every expansion. I haven't actually finished Dragonflight. Uh, there's more stuff I need to do to get to those sojourner quest lines. Uh, I think I'm close, but I've been just pulled away from the game for a little bit. So I'm a little behind in where I thought I might be. I will wrap that up before we get to the war within. You know, summer will, summer things will calm down a little bit, and I look forward to that. Even when I started, I mentioned I started playing in Legion, and even then, there was 59 zones to get to before Legion. So, you know, you've got your work cut out for you, but hey, why not? Why not? And that's kind of my big suggestion for leveling. Things around leveling. Things you can do around leveling. 
the next idea I have for you for things you can do while you're kind of waiting for the new stories and the new stuff and the good stuff to come is heading back into some of the small group or even kind of individual group side content. I, I was racking my brain a few minutes ago about, is there a name for these? And I'll just list the couple off that I have in my list. Um, Warfronts in Battle for Azeroth. We had three Warfronts. You had the Stromgard uh, encounter, the Darkshore encounter, and the Arathi Highlands encounter. Also in BFA, we had the Island Expeditions. I will, well, you know, it's a podcast. You can react however you want. I'm not going to hear it. Don't care. Uh, Torghast. You could do Torghast. But these small group things, is there a name for them? I couldn't find them. I couldn't find that. I couldn't think of it. It's not there in my brain. So regardless, these three are the ones that came to mind and I mention them, whether you love them or hate them, and frankly, I've heard tons of bad about all three, but all of them have lots of transmog locked away in there. Uh, I believe all three of them have mounts that you may be interested in. There's certainly story things that are worth doing once. I mean, there's almost everything in the game is worth doing once just to see what road Blizzard was taking you down, what, how things played. I thought Island Expeditions were kind of fun. I was not one of those people who had to do them 24-7 to keep pace with my Azerite grind. I can remember listening to all the people on the podcast complaining about that. And yeah, it does seem like Blizzard made the choice to make that the best way to do it. And therefore, everyone felt compelled to do it. And if that story sounds familiar... Rinse repeat for Torghast, where Torghast was the way to do the thing when you needed, what was it, Stygia and all that weird death stuff. And people were just running Torghast for, oh, for their legendaries and crafting things. And you just had to pound out Torghast and everyone got sick of it. Torghast may be one of those great examples of absolute classic WoW player behavior. Everybody was so excited when that sort of hit the hit the beta and started getting out that it was this roguelike game and everyone roguelike games were the hotness then and everyone thought, oh yeah, this is Blizzard taking their crack at this. It's going to be fantastic. And I think by all accounts, it was solid content. You get in, in a group of five, you can do it alone. I think I always did them alone, of course. See the name of the podcast. And, you know, it the, the scenario changed a little bit. The pathways changed. The rooms changed a little bit. Uh, yes, if you did a lot of them, you, you know, they got a little samey. And I think there were more things that they could have done with, the, with it. I do think there was a point where Blizzard hung up their mitts with Shadowlands and wanted to move on. I think we, you know, the more news we hear coming out of Blizzard post layoffs and post firing these people and letting go of these people, we keep hearing things about how bad things might have been, both with COVID and just, you know, personalities and what have you. So, sure, they they didn't iterate on Torghast as well as they could have, but... But that's still, it was a solid game experience. And so if you go in there and you hate doing it, don't do it if you overdid it. But I think a lot of people didn't overdo it necessarily. And being a, you know, level 70 power power player, you may be able to step back into Torghast and kind of breeze through those. And if there are, like I said, if there's transmog you want to collect or if there's things you want to buy, go for it. Island expeditions, kind of the same thing. I remember there's a lot of mounts to find. There was various mog. And same thing with the war fronts. Those three situations I mentioned, those were uh, 20-player scenarios where you were basically retaking on the weak, retaking uh, a certain place from the opposition. And there were heroic levels and different, uh, different sets and different rewards for the heroic levels. Again, as a level 70 kitted out player, 
I have to imagine, I haven't been back to these in a while, but I have to imagine that those would be a good thing to, to dive into uh, and relatively pain-free. I would hope, boy, I would hope, because if you still need 20 people to line up for your warfront, that might be pretty limiting. Well, I think we're now we're going to change locations a little bit, hit the flight point, and, and head east. Kind of east-northeast, past that big mountain in the center of Pandaria, get away from the coast, up into the mountains, and you may know this site. You come around that corner, and there is a giant Shah of Anger standing about 20 stories high, Or, what is more common nowadays, of course, is you come around the corner, there is a dead Shah of Anger, and 5, 10, 20, 30 people, 30 players just kind of standing around, trying new mounts, doing stupid stuff, playing with all their strange toys that make lots of noises, Asking people what the world boss timers are. <laughs> Can you tell I've done this a few times? There are four world bosses in Mr. Pandaria, and that fits into the next thing on my list, which is go hunting for mounts, go hunting for transmog, go find outfits that you want to wear or stuff you want to gather, find what dungeons and raids they drop from, and you know, start uh, start sending people at them. And one of the top groups in that category is, it literally is all over my, my notes, my playing notes as capital M, small O, capital P, and the number four, the MOP4. I don't even like say it in my brain. I just see it. And it is, it is Galleon, the Shah of Anger, Ondasta and Nalik, the four world bosses from the Mr. Pandaria, each of them dropping a mount, a rare mount, each of them something you could farm for years. You can do it once a week per character. They're not hard to find, but each of them... If I remember right, each of them pops up into the world on a 15-minute timer, give or take a few minutes. And here we are flying into the little town of Wenkeg after passing the, the Shah of Anger lying there on in a heap as I was flying over on my Garona server just now. There were seven or so players just hanging out waiting for that next arise should only be a few minutes from now I saw the body disappear so you know we're within a couple minutes of the Shah coming back but haven't been here for a while so we'll stop in and see Chio Miss Paw looking to buy in the inn at one keg and see if we can't get our drink of the month interest you on a pint some days I might be talked into that four-wind soju that she offers, but thanks to me a little rough on my sore throat. So I'm going to go with the, the Pandaren plum wine. Nice, smooth. Really going <laughs> to ease the, uh, the roughness in that throat. Oh, and as another sign of the strange world that we are in, my wife just informed me that she is checking us in to our boarding passes at the airport right now. I don't know how that is. I'm sitting in a basement. <laughs> it's a weird world that we live in, but it is a reminder that there's a hard limit to my time. So we're going to wrap this uh, this episode up pretty quick here, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple... I'll give you a couple hints about the Mists of Pandaria world bosses. I think we'll end there. Obviously, mountain hunting is a massive topic. We could do an entire episode on it and still 
you could do an entire YouTube channel on it, uh, frankly, and people do. And there are a lot of resources out there. But I'll just give you my experience with the MOP4 because I have them all. And I don't, I have them all, I think, because of Blizzard. I don't think it's anything I did. But I do have a tip for you. If you are still out there or if you're new to this, I will tell you that two of the world bosses give you ground mounts. Galleon is a giant, is a giant thing, lizard thing. And I can't think of the word, but he's a ground mount and he's really cool. And do I ride him? Not very often. No, but there's something to get, something to do, there's a, a thing to chase. And I do have that. And Ondasta has a raptor. And if I were more prepared than I am, I would tell you all about each of these mounts. But those two are ground mounts. When we get to Nalak and the Shah of Anger, we're talking about cloud serpents. They are very distinctive mounts, come in all sorts of different colors and amounts of lightning and effects. There's some basic ones, but then there are some more, some more active ones as far as what is actually on the mount. Nalak, of course, is on the Isle of Thunder, not far from where we just were before we headed over to the Shah. So Nalak will give you the reins of the Thundering Cobalt Cloud Serpent. Meanwhile, our neighbor nearby here, the Shah of Anger, drops the Heavenly Onyx Cloud Serpent, which I still think is one of the coolest mounts in the game. So, here's the deal. Here's how you do it. If you show up at a normal server like Garona, like I just flew by, you're going to find a ton of people just sitting there waiting for the spawn timer to hit 15 minutes, 20 minutes, somewhere in between there, usually about 15 minutes. And you're going to wait, and then it'll come up, and you'll tag it, and that's great if you've got nothing better to do, if you're watching something on Netflix, or if you're grading papers, or if you're doing something. Um, that is not so bad. But if you want to speed that up, I have a suggestion for you. You need to get onto RP servers. And when you do that, at the risk of somebody yelling at me for not using RP servers for what they're supposed to be for, you should definitely RP when you do that. You should role play when you go onto those servers. But here's what you should also do. You should go to Pandaria on an RP server, especially a low pop RP server, where there is nobody. And when you enter the zone, each of those four zones, the boss is just there because they have spawned a long time ago and no one has killed it in forever and it's just waiting for you. So as soon as you enter the zone, you will hear... And then you cross your fingers. <laughs> you hope that nobody gets there before you, but there's probably no one in the zone anyway. You go, swing at it a few times if you are a, you know, level 60, level 70 character, what have you, and you've got your attempt for the week for that character. I used to do it this way. I used to break it up into two different jobs. MOP1 and MOP3. MOP1, I had a bunch of characters who just sat out and who just sat out on the Isle of Thunder waiting for Nalak to show up. The other th job was MOP3, and that person would travel from Galleon in the south, in the Valley of Four Winds, not far from your farm if you've been if you've been in Pandaria before, you get your farm not far from there. Then you travel north to Shah of Anger. And then from there, you travel north again to the island of the dinosaur things. The dinosaur bones. I forget what that one's called. To go track down Ondasta, the third of those three uh, bosses. And essentially, once you do that loop with somebody... 15-minute timer on your first world boss is going to come back. So when you log in to the next character, 
and be sure to role play when you log into that next character and they come up at the same place they can do the same loop of three and you're hitting kind of your own timer and you're not waiting there's no waiting it's really nice low pop servers are, are a blessing for that now I did that for a long time and I never got any of them and then this wasn't that long ago I wish I could remember exactly when but it was about a year ago or so Blizzard changed the the they changed the drop rate they did something to the drop rate for these world bosses and I got all four of them I believe it was within three weeks after doing this for years Within three weeks, I had all four of them. It was fascinating. Now, I don't know what that means. Maybe I hit some bad luck protection because I had done it so many times already. And so if you're just starting out, yeah, you've got a ways to go before you start hitting that bad luck protection. That maybe is my guess. I don't know the super details, but I swear by this method. I swear by the RP server method. I have, you know, a hat full of tunes on a bunch of RP servers, and they were doing this job. They were set up. A bunch of them had their Hearthstone set to right here in one keg, and they would fly down, hit one hearth, and then do the other, and rinse and repeat. It's kind of a fun chase. You know, it's a little bit grindy. It's a little bit what have you, but there are some very cool mounts. And it really is a little microcosm of that aspect of WoW, of, hey, I want to just dig in and try and get a thing. That's really hard to get. It's just a bunch of pixels. They're kind of cool, but yeah, it's an aspect of the game. It's a thing. And it's a thing you can do while you're waiting for the War Within to roll in. It's a thing you can hop in and do without, you know, thinking too much. If if you're going to do that method, there's a little bit of setup you can do. Get some characters on a server, level them, as somebody mentioned earlier, and uh, have fun doing it. I think that may be it for this week. I know I have a bit of a chore of editing this and getting a couple hours of sleep before getting up teaching a couple more classes tomorrow and then yeah if I have any listeners in France and I think I have a few downloads in France I'm coming your way leaving tomorrow Wednesday I don't know when you're going to get this episode but I am going to be there for the first couple weeks of March so hit me up on the socials tell me where you are I'll tell you where I might be. We will be in Paris. We'll be in Loire. We'll be in Normandy. We'll be in Nice. We'll be in Provence, Bordeaux. We're kind of moving around. We're going to have fun. And since I'm checked in at the boarding pass area, I should probably get this episode wrapped up. So yes, our time in the queue is up for this month. I clearly need to go pack my bags in real life because I have not really done so yet. In-game, I think I'm going to finish my Pandaren plum wine and head out and watch people take stabs at Shah of Anger again. And I will not sit on my mount. I'm not going to rub it in. Maybe I'll even walk over just to be supportive. But hey, remember... All the music you hear in this show is, and the voices, you know, we heard our friend Chio. All the music you hear and the voices of the work of the amazing people at Blizzard. The ones that still work there, I know. Uh, Don't play muted, come on. Listen to all their good stuff. And of course, the music taking us out right now and the introduction music at the start of the show are my real-life friends in the doom metal band Ogre. It's legit. They're playing down in Baltimore in just a few weeks. In fact, right after I come back from France, I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, Of course, I want to thank everybody who contributes to the show and helps me out big ways and small. Certainly, she gets tired of me saying this. My very supportive wife. Maybe I won't let her listen to this episode. 
want to thank the people at Podbean who are hosting Solo Q for y'all, whichever feed you get it from. That's where it comes from. The sprout of the bean. Um, yeah. If you want to support this show, even in the smallest way, uh, you can find me at Patreon at patreon.com at SoloQWow. S-O-L-O-Q-U-E-U-E-W-O-W. Thank you to my current patrons, Andrew and Righteous Bandy, and to my newest patron, That Sky Guy. That Sky Guy came in guns a-blazing because he's already contributed some fan art that I have put into Twitter feed. I don't think I've put it anywhere else, but it will get around because it's really cool. The awesome logo from That Sky Guy. If you want to join the solo crew, head over to SoloQ at thepatreon.com. And uh, yeah, appreciate your support. But even if you're just listening to this podcast, I appreciate that too. Subscribe at your podcast feed of choice. You can contact me at SoloQWow at Gmail, Facebook, all the places, Twitter, I'm on Twitter the most. Uh, There is a blue sky somewhere, I think. All right. I am getting out of here before this throat just quits. Hey, if you are headed to Pandaria for the first time to go grab a world boss, good luck. If you, uh, you know, get on that first try, make sure you drop that screenshot or at least Photoshop one and throw it on the internet and make everybody mad. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your stories about what's going on, and I will be back in March with another episode. (laughs) We'll talk about France and more WoW when I see you in March. The next time we hop into the solo queue, I will see you out there. I think that was cough number 817. All right, I need my bourbon.